2: Hey Chargers fans! This is the Guilty as Charged podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media, including our Patreon account, where as little as one dollar gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show! Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, the Chargers got a very ugly win over the Denver Broncos 19-16. to uh, We're going to get to all of it, and uh, I assume we'll have another conversation about Anthony Lynn's job security. Um, but Alex, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Um, if you ignore any football that happened today, it was really fun. Um, but, you know, uh, I hope everyone had a good... Uh, holiday weekend but uh yeah rough four o'clock hour
2: (laughs) that was a that was a rough hour uh, of games man the chargers and broncos game was so boring uh it put my wife to sleep (laughs) and uh you know the seahawks and the rams game also very boring and then the cowboys and the eagles was just you know it was just a bad bad you know stretch of football today for the nfl
1: yeah um uh, I was really rooting hard for the Colts to get that one over the Steelers too. And you know, they, yeah. <laughs> they, they blew that one. So uh, it was just kind of unfortunate throughout the day, but uh, good news. We have the 12th pick now.
2: Great, <laughs> Yeah. So that, that's definitely something to cover for, uh, for the remaining future, which we'll we'll definitely get to um, as Alex alluded to, you know, the chargers went from having, you know, a, a pretty much what seemed like a, a you know, locked and loaded top five pick and now they're in twelfth. So you know there's been a lot of movement. I think you know what they have right now uh is kind of what's going to to be the case for the, the, the last couple of games. You know, I could see obviously you know the like Dallas could maybe move uh up and down again as they always have. Um, but everybody else seems kind of locked and loaded where they are at right now. Um, well l- let's get started with You know, the good of this game, and then we'll kind of get to some of the negative things. But, you know, first and foremost, big shout out to Justin Herbert for breaking the record for rookie passing touchdowns. Um, I believe he is now three away from Cam Newton's total touchdown record, uh, which was set back in 2011. Um, And he is going to need a very big output uh, next week to break the yards record, but still. You know, super impressive performance this season from him. Um, It was a little bummed today that they couldn't get him uh, some more, you know, looks at the end zone. But, you know, he got the record, and that's really what I was kind of focused on today. And I thought he played okay. You know, he he distributed the ball like a point guard today. Um, There were quite a few chargers that caught passes. Um, You know, and, and Mike Williams kind of led the team with 54 yards and four catches. So he distributed the ball. I thought Justin played well. Um, He played, made some plays under pressure, made some good plays with his legs. Um, You know, if not for that, you know, rush, those couple rushes at the end by Austin Eckler, he almost would have been the uh, leading rusher for the team. So ultimately I thought Justin played well today.
1: Yeah. uh, Other than the scheme and, you know, some of the things we talk about, you know, going for it, not going for it. um, To some of the decisions offensively, I, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, it wasn't great. Um, yeah. I, I thought it could have been better on some throws, but look, I mean, at the end of the day threw for whatever it was, 60% completion, got a touchdown, did what he was supposed to do. Didn't turn the ball over. Um, and that's, you know, really all, all you had to do win this game with the Broncos who just couldn't really get any consistent, you know, offensive movement. Uh, so they really only needed one touchdown, uh, to Austin Eckler. Uh, It was it was a fun moment to see him get that touchdown and officially uh, break Baker Mayfield's record. Even though it was, we kind of knew it was inevitable, but yeah, uh, you know, he he stands alone as the rookie passing touchdown uh, leader, uh, and that's something I couldn't have imagined, uh, you know, as many as two months ago. But that's where we are. Uh, So it was a really fun uh, game from him. Uh, If we're talking about other positives, uh, I like how the secondary played. Uh, In general, there was a little bit of uh, agita towards the end when Chris Harris dropped the interception um, and some stuff like that. But overall, Casey Hayward played at a pretty good level, um, better than he had been in some of the recent weeks. Uh, I think you saw a a good effort from the secondary, especially when Rayshon Jenkins went out of the game. Um, I really thought that that would be a problem for them. But, you know. Uh, it was a good effort for them, even though they were <laughs> assisted by Jerry Judy's, uh, you know, Pam, uh, Pam oil spray, uh, covered hands. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, good effort from them. And I, I really liked what they did with Parham and Anderson. Um, I, I was expecting yeah. kind of more of those looks today and, uh, honestly, like make Parham tea too. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why they continue to refuse to do it when it works um you know again the efficiency king strikes again with two receptions and for 47 yards uh you know three targets so i mean he did pretty well um anderson also did pretty well uh it it was a good spot to fill in for henry and hey i mean they basically filled in what would have been a henry game they had you know six receptions for 95 yards uh, between them so that was pretty solid so i mean there were good things from this game um but as I'm sure we'll get to in the negatives, it was just mired in the sum, you know, same Chargers end-of-game breakdowns, same weird play calls. But, I mean, you know, I, I give credit to the team for continuing this winning streak, um, <laughs> even though if it's looking like it'll be a bit uh, pyrrhic towards the end of the season.
2: <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. it it's definitely, you know, a, a time frame for Chargers fans when we are all feeling kind of conflicted because it's like, you know, we've been saying and saying and saying all season long, like we want to see some wins. We want to see some wins. And now they're, you know, on the verge of closing the season out with a four game win streak and potentially finishing second in the division, which, you know, a month ago seemed like crazy talk. Um, you know, just the way that the Raiders have torpedoed their season and same with the Broncos, really. Um and, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they clinched home field uh, this morning by by beating the, the Atlanta Falcons, um, which was a very, very weird game. I think that was probably the worst I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in his career yeah. so far. Um, you know, and it's not like the Falcons defense is all that good. So um, I don't know. I, I could see them, you know, wanting to, to kind of, you know, play their starters for like a half and treat it kind of like a preseason game. Um, but ultimately, I do think the Chiefs will be resting most of their starters next week. Um, so, like when the Chargers win in a meaningless game, it's like yay! Like I don't, I don't know what to make of that. And unfortunately, it just you know it, it's it's a weird situation to be in because you want the team to win, but then you know really what does a week seventeen win against the Chiefs when they're likely resting Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree and all those guys? Like, what's really the point?
1: Yeah, and I agree with what Tyler said on Twitter, though, which is that Andy Reid is going to beat this team with Chad next week. I firmly believe that. Um, <laughs> he is just such a better coach than Anthony Lynn that it's just not even close. Uh, so <laughs> I fully expect the Chargers to lose next week, even though they could win in Arrowhead. Um, you know, beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead is fun. So, like, you know, there would be some enjoyment there, but there's the whole win situation and draft picks. So, you know, that's, that's not great. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with a three game winning streak. We can probably cut it off there. <laughs> uh, yeah. throw, I don't know, throw Tyrod Taylor in next game. <laughs> let's, let's try to just officially, you know, change some of the things about this team, but, uh, no, I mean, um, look, a win is a win. Uh, and this is a young team that's still learning how to win. So I'm happy about it yeah. from that angle. But yeah, there is the, certainly that internal dialogue about, you know, are things getting dicey with the coaching staff and them coming back next year? Uh, and and certainly draft pick Ajita as well. So it's, uh, it's not great, uh, but look, uh, you take a win wherever you can get them. And, you know, after starting three and nine, uh, seven to nine uh, finishes good for Justin Herbert, which is ultimately, I, I do still think good for the team.
2: Yeah, I do agree with that. And, now, I would love to see him, you know, you mentioned, you know, winning at Arrowhead and ending of the season on a high note. Um, he would need about 300 and I think it's 341 yards to break Andrew Luck's record for passing yards. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I remember, you know, there was a certain I can't remember who it was, but. I want to say it was Aaron Rodgers when he was trying to break up some kind of record that they just let him throw the ball like 50 times. Like, I would love to see that happen next week. Um, It's not going to because Anthony Lynn's obsessed with establishing the run. Um, You know, I feel like, you know, I was going to talk about some other positive things, but since we're on the topic, um, the way that he handled the fourth down situations today really just made me so frustrated. And the way that he has handled them throughout the season has just been so – confusing and, and so today you know if you weren't watching the game um they had like a th- uh they had a first and 10 incomplete pass uh, or i'm sorry they threw like a one yard pass so it was a one yard gain, and then they had a 10 yard loss and they got some of it back so they had third down uh, they had fourth and eight and anthony lynn decided to go for it um, and then later on in that same drive they got all the way down to the two yard line and got fourth and goal from the two yard line and he sent out Michael Badgley for a field goal and then later on they were pretty close to mid to uh, midfield and they had fourth and one and they punted it so it's like why is fourth and eight something that is okay but fourth and two in the you know in a goal line setting or fourth and one it's not a manageable situation I don't understand the way that he coaches fourth down situations and I've never understood it, how he just picks and chooses, because to me, like if you're a coach that wants to be aggressive and and go for those situations, you should always do that. And fourth and two in the goal line and his reasoning after the game. Yes. I listened to the press conferences because I'm crazy. Uh, Yes, you are (laughs) in his press conference. He was like, yeah, you know, I thought we could go by two scores and clinch the game. You were up by 10, Anthony. A field goal only puts you up by 13. Like this does not make you up by more than two touchdowns. Going for a field goal in that situation is basically pointless. So the way that he makes these decisions is just so frustrating from week to week. And he hasn't changed. He's making the same exact decisions that he was making in week one in week five and week eight. And it's week 16 and he hasn't learned or adjusted from his previous mistakes whatsoever and it's just it's so frustrating to to watch every single week the way that he manages these games
1: yeah um now i'm not gonna say that i would be for going for it on fourth down all the time uh because i see that on a weekly basis with doug peterson uh (laughs) who decided to go for it on fourth and 15 today um so all right (laughs) there are situations where it's better to not go for it on fourth down, but yeah. I, I, I agree on the lin criticism um, to go for it on fourth and eight and then not go for it on fourth and two and basically, you know, goal line situation. Um, I just thought that was weird. And yeah, you, you talk about the difference between 10 and 13 point game. There really isn't one. Um, and that, that was just my takeaway. And like, if you're so, scared that drew lock is gonna go down the field and score a touchdown when he played pretty bad today um you you know i i just didn't really get why you would do that you know i would understand if it was like okay we're going against the chiefs and we need to take any points we can get but it's like you know and i I get the broncos did tie the game uh, towards the end but that was just more you know something that felt like it was going to happen because the chargers let that momentum slip because they didn't get into the end zone, right? right. Um, and, you know, anytime you take a field goal, you're kind of letting them back into the game. Uh, so that was uh, that, that. was really just what I thought about it, is just, like, you you lose a chance at momentum. Um, yeah. And, the, and, you know, before the half, there was that weird call, you know, two-minute drill situation um, where they ran it with Eckler and they so burned man. 30 or 40 seconds off the clock, and then they decided they wanted to go for it, uh, and then they take the fumble, and then they decide they don't want to go for it before the half again. Um, so just a lot of indecisiveness, um, certainly con- conservatism, as we've seen throughout the season. Uh, so that's just been a continuing pattern. And uh, I don't know if it's going to change. I don't know if it's going to get fixed. But, uh, you know, even though people will be like, well, the Chargers are 3-0 and in these last three games, and that's going to be the national media's takeaway when yeah. we're talking about Lynn in these discussions. Is like, oh well, they won these three games and they might win a fourth next week. But it's like, regardless of whether they go three and one or four and zero oh in these last four games, it's like you know we're still seeing the same stuff. <laughs> we saw the you know failed two minute drill before the half in Atlanta, um, bad play calls there. We saw you know <laughs> Lynn almost trying to give the game away in Oakland by letting Badgley kick it on fourth and three, and you know. Two missed field goals, uh and you know, just seemingly trying to give the game away at some junctures. And, you know, we saw it a little bit today too. Just incisiveness, bad play calling, the continued establish the run when your running backs are, you know, um Eckler and, and Bellage uh and you know, Justin Jackson. Uh, you know, Justin Jackson, you know, I I I guess I, I can't even say anything positive about Balaj and Jackson other than they're not Joshua Kelly. Um, (laughs) and that's that's about the only positive things i can say about them um so i don't know it's just like you know the the national media takeaway as we talk about it is going to be like oh they won three or four of their last four games but it's like yeah they still look really similar to uh those previous games and you know there were a lot of deficiencies with the teams they're playing Uh, like the falcons who are in the same state as the chargers right now The Raiders who were missing two of their corners and have John Gruden as a coach and fired their defensive coordinator before the game. Uh, And and, in this game, Locke has been playing really badly. uh, And, you know, you see a Denver team that's in the same position as the Chargers. So it's not like these wins have been particularly quality, but uh, and they played ugly in in just about all of them. uh, Because they're wins, they're wins. And that that helps Lynn, I guess, um, if the front office hasn't made up their mind about him. So I don't know. It, it's one of the reasons I kind of thought this was like a, a Pyrrhic victory, as I said, but um, <clears throat> it's just a tough situation to really think about. Cause it's like, well, he did win these games, but at no point did they really look good?
2: No, I don't think they looked good at all today, you know, and th- this team is so bad at situational football and, you know, outside of, of these game winning drives from Justin Herbert, like, the way that they handle the ends of the first half are so bad every single week. And like you mentioned today, you know, starting with a draw and then you're like, okay, well let's go for it. It's like, why would you not go for it from the start? And then you get to midfield and you have 30 seconds left and you take a sack and it's like, okay, we're done. Like, what, what is the point? What is the strategy behind, you know, being that kind of wishy-washy? And it's not like, the chargers were getting the ball to start the second half. The Broncos were getting the ball to start, start the second half. And Anthony Lynn was cool with not getting any points there. And they're just such a mess in situational football. And I don't know how anyone can really watch them play and think, man, this, this team is really winning because of good coaching right now. And, you know, 19 to 16 of our Broncos team that, like you mentioned drew Locke had two turn two, two turnovers today granted one of them was the Hail Mary interception which is fine but he played terrible Jerry Judy had like six drops today same with uh Deshaun Hamilton uh Melvin Gordon started really well but then I don't think he I don't think he had more than two or three carries in the second half but and the Broncos were missing their two starting corners their best pass rusher a starting linebacker so it's like how can anyone be impressed with this kind of win? I know you're down Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, but you know they're just there wasn't any kind of juice today. And outside of Chris Harris, I didn't really feel like there was anyone that was playing with like a ton of energy. Um, you know, I think Linval Joseph played pretty well. He he nearly had two or three sacks, but uh, you know he's just not the ath- the same kind of athlete that he once was. But I don't feel like outside of Justin Herbert that really anyone played like super well today and even justin i don't think he played super well i just felt like it was just a bunch of meh like steven anderson played great like you mentioned but it was just a bunch of meh today and and, you know the chargers convincing themselves that anthony lynn can continue to coach this team would just be a tragedy in my opinion
1: yeah um i mean it felt like what happens when a five and nine team meets a five and nine team yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know what what is it when uh you know, an unstoppable uh, five and nine force meets an unstoppable five and nine force. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's 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 what the game was today. And yeah. it was exactly as it played out. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, you know, we can get into a larger Lynn discussion about what his job security is and what we think about it. But I just, you know, I have no idea whether he's secure or not at this point. Um, people have pointed to the wins and, you know, Daniel Popper, put out that uh, piece where he thinks uh, the Chargers are going to keep Lynn in his mailbag and he's pretty connected himself. Uh, so I just, I, I don't know. I just don't get how you could see these games uh, and, you know, continue to really think like, okay, this is going to be, you know, the four and O turnaround. Cause like, while it is technically a four and O turnaround, there's still um, a lot of ugly football and, and bad situational decision-making. Uh, and yeah. I, I said it on said it on Twitter, but it's like you know I get that they're three and one or four and zero or whatever it is, but I don't get how anyone could really watch the tape back on these games and be like, oh well, Anthony Lynn's situational football problem is fixed. It's not like it's not. you know we're still consistently seeing the same stuff. So that's really my issue with it. Um, I, I have no idea whether he's going to be the coach or, uh, or not this year. You know the Twitter sleuths who are trying to find out what the Chargers said on his birthday probably have a better idea of it than I do at this point. <laughs> it, really, <laughs> it, it really could go either way. Um, but I, I, I don't see how you can bring Lynn back next year. If you really look at the games um, and see, you know, the points the Chargers have left on the board, the, the mistakes they keep making. And, you know, we're 16, you know, sixteen or 15 games in now. And I, I just don't, see it getting better next year
2: yeah i think that's spot on yeah I, like i said to to start you know it just feels like they're having the same kind of problems same kind of challenges it's just the fact that honestly they're they're playing some bad football teams too so it's like you know all of these three wins have just felt like well who can be worse like it, like it doesn't really feel like someone doesn't feel like any of these games have been you know a team like going out and asserting themselves and taking the victory it just feels like each of these three, each of the four teams have been okay. Well, you're bad now, okay. Well, I'm bad now, and so it's just like flip flopping. So, uh, we'll see. I, I, you know, Daniel Popper seems to think that Anthony is going to be back, and so does Fernando Ramirez. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what other Chargers reporters think. But, you know, I, I asked Tony Pauline, uh, and he said, you know, a couple weeks ago, he still thinks that Anthony is going to be fired. Albert Breer still thinks that. So, um, granted, you know, the Chargers have two wins since that point. So we'll see, and we'll cover that. But um, I want to move to, you know, you mentioned the running back situation, and I kind of want to dive into that a little bit more because, you know, this team, you know, they had a bunch of other needs and and at valuable positions, at offensive tackle, at like corner, receiver, and they have just traded their third-round pick because of Kenneth Murray. And, granted, Kenneth Murray's played really well, I think, and he's been very solid. Played, He made a couple good plays today. But Joshua Kelly was the next pick, and he was inactive today, and he was inactive last week, and he barely played the week before that. And, you know, you look at the stat sheet today. Austin Eckler played pretty well. He had 10 carries, 45 yards, and then three catches and a touchdown. Kalen Blage, you know, Mr. Inefficiency has, you know, kind of come back to earth after the Raiders game. He had four carries, 14 yards. Justin Jackson, who can't stay healthy, had two catch or two carries for four yards and those that's the kind of performance that is beating out Joshua Kelly. And I th- I don't want them to draft a running back because they have too many other needs, but the future of this running back position outside of Austin Eckler is not great.
1: Honestly, i become a proponent of them taking running back. Look, if you have a shot at Khalil Herbert in the sixth round or CJ Verdell in the seventh, do it. Um, I-, I have more faith in those guys than Joshua Kelly and Kalen Balage, I guess. Um, but really, I mean, the thing that needs to be addressed is the offensive line. Uh, yeah. they just can't generate any running uh, run pressure. And look, honestly, with the 12th pick, they're out on Quiddy Pay, probably out on Caleb Farley too. Take whatever offensive lineman is there. I I don't care anymore. Darusol, Slater, Cosme, I don't give a shit. Just take an offensive <laughs> lineman. Because like they really need to, you know get this running game going. They need to protect Herbert and do all these things. Yeah. Um, and, and part of the running game is they part of the problem with the running game is they just can't generate that pressure and um, you know, generate that push. And so that's, well, you know, I, I don't think Joshua Kelly's been good this year. I don't think Justin Jackson's been particularly good. And I don't think belanger has been good over these last couple of games. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's also a what are they supposed to do situation when it comes to true. That is true. Uh, getting, you know, help from their offensive line. And sure, Austin Eckler is good enough to overcome that, but there's very few running back twos in the league that can pair with Austin Eckler that are going to be able to overcome um, the problems with this line. So that's part of it. Um, As far as the Kelly inactive part of it, um, I get the people that want to play him more because like you do need to get him reps and all that. But what has Kelly done to show that he deserves reps other than be a fourth round pick? And that's sort of my core issue with it. Like, and not that Balaj has been hot either, but if the decision is between Balaj and Kelly, I don't know, take whoever you want. Like, I I really (laughs) don't care. If they take Balazs because of his size, fine. If they take Kelly, because he was a fourth round pick, fine. But like, I'm not really going to throw a fit because one of them was inactive because of where they were drafted. Like, go with whoever you think gives you the best chance to win. The real issue is that neither of them gives you the chance to win and neither of them can generate any push, and the offensive line can't generate any push for any running back that's not Austin Eckler. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I I get why people were mad at that because they did spend that draft capital on him. But at this point, like... There's so many issues um, with the running game in general, how Steichen is calling it, how the offensive line is as a whole, um, how the running backs are performing themselves that I just don't think it really would have mattered whether you would put Joshua Kelly, Kalen Balage, or Troy Main Pope in like, I I really don't <laughs> think it would have mattered.
2: Yeah, that is a good point. And, you know, I, I tweeted out this mock draft that I found uh, where the Chargers had taken Wyatt Davis at number nine. Um, if they're picking out 12, sign me up i I don't i don't necessarily like i think rayshon slater would be a great pick there or elijah vera tucker but the other guys i'm not as sold on obviously you know i'm gonna watch the film in the spring and and kind of you know hone this down but as it stands right now give me wyatt davis in the second and in the first round get an offensive tackle in the second to get some competition and you bring back sam Tevy. Can kiss Forrest Lamp goodbye. I thought I feel like he's been atrocious the last few weeks. I'm just kind of done with him. Um, and, and just you know, to have Wyatt Davis and Trey Turner man the guard position next year. I think I think that would be a big enough upgrade where I would feel more comfortable with the running game. But you know, this offensive line, <laughs> like you mentioned, if Austin Eckler's not breaking tackles, there is no running game. There, there is no running game without Austin eckler being a great running back. And today Justin Herbert made some good plays with his legs, but this run game is real bad right now.
1: Oh, wait till Telesco takes Devonta Smith in the first round. It's going <laughs> to be really awesome. Oh, man. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, that's just why I just didn't really care about the inactive. Like, you know, I get what Popper was saying about needing reps and all that, but, like, I just don't care because Kelly hasn't done anything to prove that he deserves reps. Balazs hasn't done anything in, like, 10 weeks or whatever since that Raiders game. Um, it, it's just like, it's such a mess with the offensive line, not being able to get any run pressure and all the other things that are wrong with the play calling. Uh, so, I, you know, I just can't be mad about whatever running back, uh, they draft, they don't draft, you know, I, I, as much as I like some of the running backs in the draft, I don't even know if they'll help, uh, unless you really seriously address this offensive line and honestly, really seriously address, you know, the coaching staff and particularly in the running game uh the offensive coordinator (laughs) like that's kind of the issue with the running
2: game right now i just feel like the running game especially you know caitlin blodge like i said he's not been great but at the same time it's like all they do with him is run him up the middle and doing inside run inside zone runs and it's like okay this isn't working Uh are we going to adjust at all like you know when was the last time we saw an option run i think it was when they did it to kelly in buffalo like you know when was the last time we saw a toss play it's been a while. So they just keep on running these same exact plays. And it's just like they're expecting different results and it's just not working. Um, so that definitely will be something we'll keep an eye on. We were talking beforehand about the pass rush and specifically Jerry Tillery. And I understand, you know, this game, you don't have Joey Bosa, you don't have Unwosu, you don't have Ingram, you don't have your three best pass rushers. But you know, and we'll see, we'll see what the pressure count is uh once those numbers come out tomorrow. But I'm like 98% sure that Linva Joseph was the most productive pass rusher for the Chargers today. And considering Jerry Tillery and Isaac Rochelle and Justin Jones, that's a problem. That's a big problem. And specifically with Jerry Tillery, he put up a goose egg, zero tackles, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. He was bad. And I know Garrett Bowles is really good, but you know, a first round pick like Jerry Tillery cannot be putting up goose eggs on a week to week basis. And that's, you know, basically what it's been
1: yeah um the pass rush is, is really bad i mean and bosa was masking a lot of those issues when yeah. he was playing um so honestly like i'm at the point now where i'm like should we bring melvin ingram back on a one-year prove-it deal that you know one year six million i don't know like <laughs> i feel like that kind of makes a lot of sense now like Look, if he gets better from his knee injury, and you pair him with Bosa, and you give him the option to, you know, get that uh, last two or three year deal with some other team in 2022, I'm not against bringing him back next year um, if it's on kind of a prove it type deal. Just because you're not really getting a lot from Rochelle. Uh, That being said, Walter Payton of the Year challenge, you know, hashtag on Twitter, all that. Yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) But you're not getting a lot from him. Um, You're not getting a lot from Tillery. And you're not getting a lot from, from really anyone. I mean, Justin Jones is more of a run stopper. Um, That's what he's been. So, you know, and Wosu was obviously out this game. Bosa was out this game. You know, uh, I I didn't expect the pass rush to be great going into this game, Um, but they just can't manufacture pressure without Bosa. And that's kind of a huge problem. And I know they expect to have Bosa over 16 games next year. Um, But, you know, he might miss one or two or three, whatever it is. And, you know, you have to adjust accordingly if that's the case. And I just don't think this offensive line is currently built for getting that pressure unless they're playing like a really bad O-line, which you don't play in the NFL every week, partially because you're one of those bad Um, (laughs) O-lines. So, I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I didn't expect much out of them this game, but... I just, I don't know what they want to do with Jerry Tillery. They talk about defensive end and he was playing interior a lot in this game. Um, you know, so they they clearly felt that Rochelle and, you know, uh, all the other guys on the outside gave them a better shot. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Linval Joseph, but Damian Square was also a really good pass rusher in this game, and it's a problem when a guy you signed to be a rotational player is better than the guys that you view as long-term options. Like, you know, yeah. so that's that's part of the issue here too. So, you know, it, it's, it's part of the reason why I get excited about like the idea of someone like Quiddy Pay in the first round, uh, if they if they wanted to go in that direction, or Gregory Rousseau, who um, you know, as, as an edge rusher. Because, you know, if you're not going to bring Ingram back and, and you're really starting a little bit from scratch next year, minus Bosa, it, I feel like the pass rush is still going to be a problem.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Tom Telesco does with this. If he's I assume he's going to be around, but, you know, they kind of, you know, we're in this situation with the linebacking crew where they, you know, they cut Thomas Davis or not. Yeah, they, they cut Thomas Davis. Um, And they needed, uh, you know, an an improvement in depth. And so they drafted Kenneth Murray and then they signed Nick Vigil. So we'll see what they do up front, but clearly they need more pass rushers. They also need more corners. They need more offensive linemen. So, you know, they have a lot of needs at the three most important positions on this team outside of the quarterback position. uh, And we'll have to see. So that was kind of what I wanted to talk about. I I do want to give a shout out to this year Adderley, not because he played good on defense, but because he seems to be a really good return man. Uh, and, you know, it's been a while since the Chargers have had uh, a good kick returner. And so Nasir Adderley, uh, I don't think he's very good on defense, but he has definitely improved the return game. And he set up the Chargers on on some two short fields with some, some nice returns today. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, <laughs> kind of feel like a backhanded compliment there. But, you know, I, I do think that Adderley – know they drafted Joe Reed to be this but I feel like Adderley is their best return man at this point
1: you know uh, he did a great job in the return game especially the opening kickoff where he put them down uh, at the Denver 40 yard line a lot of great stuff from him Um, not playing defense obviously which is the unfortunate (laughs) part but um, uh, look I mean if he can carve out some kind of special teams role they always need that right like so that's uh, you know, one of the things they need, they just haven't been able to find their returner. They thought it would be Joe Reed. They thought it would be KJ Hill. They thought it would be Tyron Johnson. If Adderley's your guy, then go forward with him and, and keep giving him those opportunities. Uh, I'm personally fine with that. Uh, I, you know, obviously next year, I really think there has to be some development from him on defense where Mike Williams doesn't look like a better defender. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, You know, look, he carve out whatever role you can get uh, kind of in his first real NFL season. And if you go into the offseason looking to develop your defensive game after you kind of clinched a special teams role, if you will, I'm fine with that. Um, Given, you know, just how poorly he's lived up to expectations so far. Any any development is a good development, uh, I guess. So that's good that he's doing special team stuff. Uh, and getting good returns, as we've seen in the last couple games. Don't know how sustainable it is. Uh, obviously, we we saw Desmond King get good returns and then regress, True. and we saw True. a lot of people get good returns. We saw JJ Jones back in the day uh, have some preseason fun and then regress. So, you know, I hope it lasts. Uh, I'm not super confident it will, but if he can carve out a special teams role,
2: great. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's well said. Um, Alex, any other thoughts before we wrap up today?
1: Um no, I mean, I guess in the macro it's like we're we're all kind of in this um, like sort of a moratorium period where like we yeah. just don't we don't know um, what the future of this team is and we have this week 17 game at Kansas City that officially you know means nothing with the Chiefs clinching the one seed right so look uh, players are gonna be playing for their jobs. Coaches are going to be, you know, coaching for their jobs. So uh, I'm just curious to see how it all plays out, uh, in that regard. But, you know, <laughs> this game didn't really give me a lot of thoughts. Um, it, it, it just was kind of same old chargers, uh, that we've seen uh, a lot of this season, which was kind of unfortunate because they were on this winning streak and you're like, okay, maybe they just cleaned it up a lot and they looked less clean than they had in the previous two games. So I don't know. Um, it gives me a lot of negative thoughts about the coaching in general. Obviously, I still love yeah. Justin Herbert and everything he's been able to do. Right, but it, it, you know, we're we're uh, getting closer to the end game. We're we're in the infinity war, I guess. Part of it, so <laughs> we're getting closer to the end game, uh, and uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. I. I don't know. I'm just nervous to see what they do at the end of the season, what they do in the off season. And, you know, we'll cover all of that as it comes. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just weird winning these games while being eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and and just kind of being in that period. Cause you know, every year it it feels like the chargers at least had something to play for down the stretch. Um, I, I certainly thought last year, they had a little bit more to play for at least, um, coming down the, you know, coming down the stretch, but, uh, this year is just, you know, it, it's been that kind of year when they, when you start three and nine. So, uh, I'm excited to see how the last game goes. Well, I don't know if I'm about excited, uh, nervous, <laughs> I guess is how I would put it. anxious. Uh, again, yeah. anxious uh, in this last game in Kansas city, uh, and you know, how everything plays out post week 17. Uh, but you know, I feel good about Justin Herbert. I feel good about, uh, the team in general, and and some of the guys that performed today, but man, everything's just going to be determined by how it all goes in the off season. So it's um, it's certainly certainly a period in Chargers history. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, like you mentioned, you know, this is the end game that we you know we're headed down this road, and, and you know, this is such a crucial off season for this team. And, you know, they've got to get it right. And I just don't know if they're going to because I think, you know, ultimately this team, this franchise might talk themselves into keeping Anthony Lynn. And it, so we'll see. But uh, today was it was like yay, but also frustrating because they won. And it was a weird day, um, just not a, a very high-quality football game by this Los Angeles Chargers team. Um, but Ale- as Alex said, we will continue to cover it regardless of what is happening on a week to week basis. Um, and hopefully you guys continue to listen. And I can't wait honestly, t- like I said a couple weeks ago with our in our interview with Brentley, the draft is like my favorite time of the season. so um, definitely gonna go, you know, head first into into all the draft talk that that is gonna come after the season's over. So, um, we hope you guys had a happy holidays. We hope you have a good new year um hopefully you're getting some positive momentum like the chargers are at least the chargers players are um towards the new year and uh we thank you for for your support and as always make sure and follow us on all on all social media platforms thanks guys that'll do it for us we will see you next time
1: rest in peace ty jordan
2: oh yes thank
1: you for that alex thank you thank
2: you
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop